I'm Michelle Broadbent and welcome to your Business Boost podcast. Join me as I take you behind the scenes to show you what it's really like to build a successful business. I'll be sharing practical tools, advice and insights that will change the way you work. So if you're ready to boost your business and your life, let's get started with today's episode. Hello, it's Michelle here. Welcome to today's episode. So you will have probably noticed from the title of today's episode that I have chosen to do a little bit of a play on words with the title of a very well-known rom-com movie from the early 2000s which was a movie starring Matthew McConaughey, who is a bit of a man of the hour at the moment, and the gorgeous Kate Hudson. That movie was called How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And very, very short synopsis of the film is that Kate Hudson's character is on a dare from her workmates and she does everything in her power to try and repel her potential romantic partner, played by Matthew McConaughey, um, over the course of 10 days. She wants to get him to ditch her within a 10-day period. But what she doesn't know is that his character is on a dare from his workmates to actually keep hold of a girl for um, 10 days because he's one of these dudes that, you know, dates lots of women. Anyway, that's not what we are here to talk about today. What I want to have a little chat with you about is how you may be potentially losing clients in 10 different ways. Because in this film, Kate Hudson's character was very intentional about her behavior. So she was deliberately repelling her romantic partner. But as business owners, often we are completely unaware that action that we are taking or action that we're not taking is making our our clients run a mile. And this is really an important topic to talk about because it's so much effort to actually win a client, to win over a new client, to get them into our world. And I think it's, you know, becoming even more effortful uh, than than it ever has been before um, because it's costing more money if you're, you know, if you're spending money on ads, money in terms of your time and effort and energy. So the last thing you want to be doing is once you've got them into your world is is actually repelling them. You you want to keep them. You want to love all over them. You want a long-lasting, beautiful relationship. And that's what we're talking about today. I want to give you some things to be absolutely aware of so that you can stop a client from breaking up with you. Because last week's episode, I talked about how to break up with a client if things are no longer working. But today we are focused on preventing your clients from running a mile and just the things to be aware of in your business where you may be causing this to happen. So number one, not doing the pre-work. 
So this is the very, very first encounter that you have with someone. So usually, you know, this you, you could do like discovery calls or some kind of questionnaire that you ask people to fill in on your website or whatever. However, people come into your world, how you then deal with them in that very, very first step is going to set the tone for your working relationship. And something that people often miss here in terms of an opportunity to show your care and um, the level of your service is by not gathering enough information at this point, by not demonstrating what it is that you are actually going to be doing for these people right from the outset because often people will reach out to you because they think they know what you're going to be providing them with based on all the things that you have done to attract them. So your sales page, your inquiry forms, your social media, maybe ads or just your organic posts, your newsletters, your emails, whatever it is that you're doing to attract your clients, people have assumptions based on that. And one of my mates and and she's great marketer, Jane Hilsden, has a catchphrase where she says, your obvious is not their obvious. And it is so true. As service providers, we think that something is really obvious. So if we are bringing someone into our world, there's all these preconceived ideas that we have about what they need. And they have preconceived ideas about what it is that you're going to deliver for them. But where you can like start off completely on the wrong foot is where there is a mismatch of what these assumptions are because it's not communicated properly. So this is where doing pre-work with your clients or potential clients is going to serve you well. So it's briefing forms. It's like some kind of thorough diagnosis that you get right from the outset to ensure that there's matching expectations, that people know what they're in for when they're working with you and vice versa, because this is the first step to prevent what I talked about last week, which was having to break up with a client. Often you can you can cut people off right at this step where you realize actually it's not a right fit or I'm not going to be able to give you what you need or you're not the right customer for me or whatever it is. So this is where it all starts by ensuring you do that pre-work, which leads into the second way in which you can lose a client and that is through poor onboarding. So I'm talking about your whole onboarding process here, not that just that discovery questionnaire or diagnosis. Your onboarding process is how you set the tone for what it's going to be like to work with you. And done well, you are going to have excited, enthusiastic, I can't wait to start working with you clients. Because there is such thing as buyer's remorse, right? We may think that that doesn't apply to our business, but if someone is hitting the buy button or the booking button, as soon as they do that, they're waiting to have their purchasing decision confirmed so that they feel like 
they know they've done the right thing. And this is where you can set yourself up so beautifully for success. This is where you can use technology to your advantage. Something that gives me absolute hives is when people will engage the services of someone or think that they're engaging the service of someone and not hear from them. And I've heard a number of instances of this lately, very embarrassingly um, with uh, one in particular, well, actually, no, two of these were with service providers that I had highly recommended to um, some business buddies of mine. And the feedback with two of them was that, we didn't hear anything back. Like we did not hear anything back. And um, that's like, especially if you are seen all over your social media going, I've got five spots of people to work with me right now. It's like there's someone who's actually hit the buy button and you've not responded to them. Like this is where people will just regret their decision and run a mile. So be aware of that onboarding. Make sure that as soon as they say yes, they are getting a response from you. This is where automation will help you. Um, You know, having an, an email welcome sequence set up in your email system, whatever system it is that you use, it is totally possible to do this and let technology be your friend. Obviously, the higher the price point, the more personalized you're going to want to make this. But in in many instances, let technology do the work for you, particularly in that first step, just so that people feel seen and they're not going to regret their decision. Something that I know for absolute certain with a lot of memberships um, is that the biggest uh, drop-off point when people join a, a, a membership is in the first 30 days because they they don't feel the love or the opposite is is that there's so much information overwhelm. They just don't know where to start and they kind of don't have their hand held through that onboarding process. So make sure that you've got everything set up. As I said, technology will help you here. Your systems and processes will work really well here too. So I'll move on to point number three, which is lack of availability. Now, this is a really, really delicate one, but comes back to making your clients feel that they are important, that they are your VIPs. Now, you know that I am a huge advocate for having boundaries and being strict around when you are and aren't available, but there is nothing worse than seeing people accept new clients or take on new projects and then not be available to serve the clients that they have actually engaged with. And it's so nice to be wanted, isn't it? It's nice to be popular. It's nice to have people banging down your door and saying, I want to work with you. But you can do yourself a real disservice by accepting work that you are not able to deliver or taking in clients that you have literally no space in your appointment book to see. Now, this again comes back to that 
onboarding piece, setting the tone right from the start. Um, and this is something that, uh, you can, you know, you can, you can set this up. So I've got, um, one of my clients, um, she, uh, I, I've, I mentioned her a few weeks ago, actually, when we were talking about her engaging the services of this web designer that she really, really, really wanted to work with. And this woman was upfront right from the outset that she had no availability until June. But my client knew that. And so she was like, well, okay, that's cool. I can accept that. I can, I can live with that because I really, really want to work with her. And I think often we take things on and say yes to things and then worry about how we'll deliver it later. Um, whereas if we're upfront with people, because I think it comes from a fear of, well, oh, they'll go somewhere else. But if you're upfront with people right from the outset, it's like, I really want to work with you, but I don't have capacity until, you know, six weeks time or eight weeks time or whatever it is, then let them make their own decision. If they really want to work with you, they will wait. And I think that lack of availability, if communicated well, it almost reassures people that they're making a good decision to work with you because it's like, oh, geez, she must be fantastic because she's so busy. So just be really mindful of that and communicate it up front. And that includes once once you sort of are on a roll working together is what you are available for and what you are not available for. So um, I'll use my own business as an example here. So with all of my one-on-one clients, they know that they have got like a direct line to me. They can, they have an SOS ability to to call me or contact me at any time. Now, not at midnight, of course, um, but I'm really clear around when they will hear from me and how they will hear from me, how we can communicate with one another. Um, And I know that if they if I see their name come up on my phone at, you know, 7.30 p.m. or, um, you know, as has happened to me once or twice before, like on a weekend, I know that it is an actual emergency. And because they are my VIPs, because they are paying for that access to me as part of the service, I will take the call or I will respond to them immediately and say, you know, I, I, I can't talk right now. Is everything okay? And, um, and, and, you know, most of the time it's not. And that's why they're calling. And then I'll make a time to speak to them because I am a very boundary person, but I am also, um, there for these women because that is what, that's what they pay for. And they don't take advantage of it. So I think you need to consider, yeah, when you're bringing clients into your world, what your availability is going to be and communicate that really clearly from the outset. Point number four, missing deadlines. Oh, boy. This is a huge one. If you are a service provider, chances are, you know, if you're, if you are delivering work, there's going to be deadlines and (laughs) captain obvious here, but you need to meet those deadlines. And if you're not, then this is where you can lose a client really in quite a brutal way. So I think avoiding this at all costs right from the outset is really, really important. And this is where you need to step into like boss mode, right? Your clients are engaging you as a service provider. So it is your 
job as the service provider to dictate timelines. Now, there are going to be people here going, but my clients come to me with their own timelines and I need to address. And and yes, yes, that is true. People will always say to you, I need this by blah, or, you know, your job is to determine when their deadline is and how you can deliver to meet their deadline. Is their deadline a real deadline or is it just a date that they have kind of plucked from the sky because they think, well, you're building me a website, that should just take you two weeks, so I want my website in two weeks' time, please, and thank you. As a web designer, you know that that, you're not going to be able to do that or you could but you're going to deliver like a really shoddy service and that's not going to meet your service standards. So this is where you need to have those those kind of grown-up conversations. But it's funny how many people think that their work needs to be determined by their clients and it's not. You need to step into your power. Do not let them determine this. And I see this a lot with my beautiful creatives. And you've got to remember that a lot of people, they don't get what you do. And they, you know, they shouldn't have to because they're brilliant at their thing and you're brilliant at your thing. So you need to educate them. It's like, well, if you want me to deliver this in four weeks time, you know, normally I take six weeks. So it's going to mean that, you know, I'm going to have to cut out X, Y, and Z, or you're going to have to come into my office for like, you know, a, a, a full day so that we can work through this together or whatever the, whatever the thing is. Um, but you need to be the boss. So you determine the timeline. Okay. And when setting deadlines, my mantra, if in doubt, under promise and over deliver, and you will have happy clients all the time. Number five is inconsistency. So this applies to business owners who have team. Perhaps you've got multiple locations or multiple premises or, um, you know, that, that you are not lock, stock and barrel the business. What your clients want to experience is consistent service no matter who's working, you know, who's dealing with them or where they're they're getting the service from, from your business. Um, And this comes down to, again, one of my favorite things, your systems, your systems, your systems and processes being ironclad so that you can prevent these inconsistencies so that there is a blueprint for how your businesses run, a blueprint for what services, what done looks like. And that is consistent for every person in your business, every location that your business is located at, but even for yourself. So this is something that people um, don't think about a lot because you know, because we are serving our customers, often we can, unless we've got like stringent processes, you can forget what you did from one job to the next, especially if there's gaps in between delivery cycles. So just say, I don't know, maybe something that it's it's something that you do with a client annually or quarterly. You know, they they have a level of expectation that things are going to be a particular way because that's the way it was last time. 
And then if they come back into your world or, you know, you're, you're reconnecting with them at, at a particular point in time and things are not the same, even though they're just dealing with you, that, that can be kind of jarring and going, oh, well, shit, you know, well, that, that wasn't as good as last time or we didn't cover X, Y, Z and we did that last time. And they may not tell you. They might just go, oh, well, I don't want to do it again next quarter or I'm not going to do that again next year. So be really, really clear with your systems and processes, even if you are the only person in your business, to ensure that consistent customer experience right the way through their life cycle with you. So that brings me to the end of point five. And I know I said at the top of the episode and on the title that this is how to lose a client in 10 ways, but I am very mindful of the duration of this podcast. And rather than being in your ears for another half an hour or so to work through the next five points, I'm going to jump off here for this week, let you soak up what I have already talked to you about and see if you can do a little bit of an audit on your business and see where there may be some holes here. So looking back at that pre-work, that diagnosis before they properly come into your world and making sure that you are starting off on the right foot, looking at your onboarding process making sure that you have availability to take on the work that you are hoping to commit to, being mindful of your deadlines and your timelines around when you and and how long it takes you to deliver your service of excellence, and then where they may be holes in consistency across your business. So they're the five things that we covered today. I've got five more for you next week. Thank you for having me in your ears. As always, please let me know if you have any feedback on today's episode, but I'm looking forward to reconnecting with you and continuing this conversation next week. Have a fantastic week. 